0: Welcome to The Real Talk with Tanya Sakowitz podcast, where we help parents and caregivers gain knowledge to increase their confidence and their success in caring for young children. We will cover topics like feeding your baby, getting your baby and you some much needed sleep, and pretty much anything else that has to do with caring for babies and their families after birth. Society sets parents up to fail, and we are here to change that. You can also find full video versions of each episode on our YouTube channel, Newborn Care Solutions. Thanks for tuning in. Good evening and welcome to Real Talk, where every Sunday night we offer insight, education, and resources to in-home caregivers and those affected in their world. These are the children, the parents, the extended family, and everyone who loves them. And our goal is to offer real-life topics and learning. Through discussing real issues and offering real solutions. Tonight, I'm very excited to welcome our guest, Marcy Stout. Welcome, Marcy. It's great to have you. Yeah, thank you so
1: much for having me. I appreciate you um, leading this platform and including me on it. It's a great topic.
0: Absolutely. So, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Marcy and then we're gonna dig into our topic for tonight. So, Marcy is, well, Marcy, I'm having one of those days, right? Uh, Marcy is passionate about developing leaders, bringing teams together and creating a work environment where people thrive. For the past 25 years, she has worked with hundreds of women and executives and has coached, taught, and inspired results through confidence and balance. Based on the knowledge that there is no better time than now for women to be successful as executives and mothers, Marcy and her sister launched their company, Revel Coach, to lead programs that are dedicated to women in leadership. She spent 22 years in corporate America in various roles, a VP to strategy, VP of strategy to VP of sales and marketing. It would be lovely if I could talk tonight. <laughs> um, this experience influenced her passion for working with people, creating opportunities for others, and hiring talent based on both character and potential. When she's not coaching, you can find Marcy in Ponte Redra Beach. You may have to pronounce that for me. Uh, Florida, enjoying time with her husband, admiring her three teenage children, and enjoying the endless pursuit of finding joy in every moment. So I'm really excited to have you on. And tonight, we're going to kind of dig into this work that you do and this age-old aspect and debate of what kind of mom do I want to be? Do I want to be a working mom or a stay-at-home mom? And We know that's a, a debate that goes... Way back in history and is still going on today. So I'm excited to talk to you about that. But before we get into this, we talked about all the business stuff. We talked about all that. But why is this such a passion for you? Well, I, I don't know if we have enough time to answer
1: <laughs> this podcast, but I mean, really at the heart of it, when I when I look at like where I was when I was kind of forming my reputation in a career, my reputation as a as a mom and a community leader. You know, you're at this stage and there's so many things that are happening. So for me personally, you know, I'm 30 years old and I underestimated how much I fell in love with my career. And I always thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And so my drive in my 20s was to kind of get those career trophies and titles and make a big impact. So when I had my first baby, I could stay home and just, you know, kind of live the life that I always had the vision for me. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom My mother-in-law that I grew up with. She's a stay-at-home mom. But when I um, had my first maternity leave at that point, I'm the only female vice president, I'm managing a team of 300 people. And I just really loved my responsibilities and my job. And, you know, fortunately it was my husband that, you know, two months into it, he kind of said, but, you know, you've never been, you know, you've never been a working mom. Why don't you just give it a shot and kind of gave me enough of a nudge. And we just kind of made this pact as a family is that as long as I felt fulfilled, at home, and at work, I would just kind of keep on the journey. Um, And that carried me for a very long time until it didn't, which was, you know, about 12 years as a working mom with this corporate um, career that I had. But what I recognized that I needed then with each maternity leave, I accidentally went from this vice president to, you know, managing a lot of responsibilities to playing slightly smaller each time because with each family member that came to my, you know, with each child that was born... um, I innocently started to play smaller and it got to the point where I ended up punching out from a company that I loved and a career that I loved. And I thought, you know, the promised land was to stay home. And really what I failed to do was to kind of look within to see like, who do I want to be as a mom and um, stop this debate of, am I a working mom or a stay home mom? Because it really is not two categories. You really- it's really who you want to be. So that's kind of, you know, my journey that got me to here to go from stay-home mom to launching this company is because I I want to be the person I needed when I was going through babies, maternity leaves, you know, finding nannies and care and 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 career and everything. Absolutely.
0: And I love that you brought this up because we talk about this debate all the time. We hear about it in the news, you hear about it in the media. And the focus so many times is so negative. And negativity doesn't really serve anybody. I'm, I'm a, let's find the positive. Let's find the good in this. Let's fix it. Let's find a solution. So, talk to us about this debate. Is this something that is helpful, or is this something that really is not serving us well? Well, I think
1: any debate is always good. Um, you're going to learn different people's point of views. You're going to have empathy. And you know, part of like a lot of um, us without empathy or without really understanding another point of view, you'll really start embracing a limited mindset of thinking your way is the only way. And um, But I do have a pretty strong bias um, coming from the corporate space. And even with a lot of my clients, I, my corporate clients will send their executives through our program. Um, I really just don't feel women... Is as much of a diverse category as much as it used to be. So when I say used to be, I was in the 90s when I was kind of paving the way. And at that point, the glass ceiling was shattered. But there was newness to like figuring out how to have a nanny and how to make your lifestyle work for you and things like that. But nowadays, like corporate America, to me, the companies that I know, they are rolling out the red carpet. They want women in leadership. Stats are not there, but some of it's because. We haven't been there as long. And so I just really feel that um, there's a lot of support from husbands want their wives to support their career. You've got children loving their mom swing for the fences and they're very proud of her. They're not like feeling left out because they are going to aftercare. In fact, aftercare and some of the some of the programs, like they have a really fun, a fun childhood, you know. So um, you know, to me, I think the biggest reason why the debate exists is stats and the negativity accidentally is a self-fulfilling prophecy of what goes on between our ears. Mm -hmm. And to me, the work I like doing with women is to say, all right, let's break down who you really want to be in your whole self, Mm -hmm. vision of you at work, what do you want to accomplish, your home life. And if you really kind of look at the whole self, you can figure out how she can do what she wants to do as much as she wants to do it. And there's really nothing in your way except for your own limiting thoughts. And that's why the negative part of the debate The ramification is your confidence because you're like, oh, yeah, you you get to a point of stress. You're like, oh, this is so hard. You're right. And you start having conversations around the hardness versus the I can do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if somebody's looking at this and says, you know what? This really resonates with me. I hear you. But where do I start? How do I how do I create this for myself? What is it? How do they do that? How do they get that going?
1: So I'm going to try and start from I'm thinking of your demographic and you might have some moms that are on maternity leaves or even some nannies that, you know, I was telling Tony before we started, like, I love I love the support of. the loving people that help a family do what they do is amazing. So I love a lot of the people, the practitioners that you work with as well. Um, so I'm going to go with somebody I'm maternally. So I'm just going to go walk back to what I wish I had done <laughs> instead of, you know, what I coach. And I'm a student of this now. Like I have three grown teens, um, one in college, one almost a senior, one in ninth grade. And, um, you know, to have total harmony with your health, your wealth, your relationships, your career, to have total harmony with that, it is a ongoing practice. So, to me, if I were on maternity leave, if I could have a do-over, a fourth child, mm-hmm. uh, I would first really get more grounded in what I really appreciate. I would start with things that I love. Um, I do feel like you're a little um, upside down, you know, when you're kind of dealing with an infant and then toddlers as well. I admire it now because if you know, so many of us spend so much money on apps and even going to, you know, meditation retreats just to find presence. And there's no better present person than a mother with an infant. You, you've you got no choice. So I would really, in your moments, like ground yourself in, you know, in really appreciation and and build that discipline of being very present. And when you're in a place of total, like, all right, I, I love my family. I love, you know, you're feeling good. That's a phenomenal time to either journal, write goals, and start saying, well, what else do you want out of life? And as Americans, we tend to think goals like an income goal or a title goal. But really, those are great. I'm a very big goal-oriented girl. But what I really – the work that you do is have those kind of as a part of it. But then you think, what do you want to experience along the way of achieving that goal. So if your first thing is like, okay, you're on maternity leave, you got a big job, you make a lot of money, and you're kind of like, should I stay home or should I not? Be like, okay, what would I do without that $500,000? And start there. But as you're kind of like grounding yourself and be like, okay, well, we could limit vacations. We could limit this. We could limit that. And then you're like, now go into some of your journey goals. As a mother, what would you like to do with your children? And so for me, I didn't do this, but my current goals as a mom today I want to show that my kids, I have two boys and a girl, so it doesn't, it's not, I'm just not talking about daughters, but that you can be fully present as a parent and involved in everything and have a kick-ass career. Well, that's fair. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> kick, <right>. kick, kick <laughs> career. career. Um, but you can have a great career that you're passionate about and you don't have to sacrifice your health. So too often executives that I used to know, the working moms that I used to know, they would be so serving to their families and so serving to their careers that they would not be serving with eating healthy or commitment to exercise or things like that. So I just, um, to me, where to get started and answer your question is get really grounded and then just start thinking through some goals, what you want to experience, your core values, and those types of things around your vision. And eventually then you start saying, okay, how do I want to be today? And just start today.
0: Absolutely. I think too many people underrate that. They are so busy looking at where do I want to be that they underrate started focusing on today. So I love that you brought that up. One of the things that's in my notes here and that I really want to talk to you about because it intrigues me is the getting rid of I should. Let's talk about that and how that creates stress in our life when we utilize that and what we can do about it.
1: All right. So if there's one thing you can learn for this podcast is just commit to never saying the word I should just get it out of your vocabulary and, or start recognizing how often you say it. Cause the second you say I should, it's as if somebody else is telling you what to do and that somebody else could be the perfect Instagram of a best friend on vacation, the perfect baby picture where you just can't get your kid to smile. There are shoulds all over our, you know, in our everyday, and that actually is, a, is symbolic to a negative mindset. So when you want to have like a positive mindset, it's like if your um, if your brain is your computer and your thoughts are are the program you're running. If you're running any sort of program that starts with I should, that program is somebody else's program. So one step, very simple, just say I choose. So when you say, I, you know, I should really go on vacation. And you're like, okay, I choose to go on vacation. And then when do I choose to do that? So you look at your calendar, like, I don't know if I can take an infant on a flight. I don't know if I've got that courage. So you start putting yourself in the, in the driver's seat of it. And so for me, you know, I did struggle about uh, my whole um, thesis and starting this coaching platform. And I have a lot of people on my team that I also get coached by. I'm also a member of my own program um, because, you know, balances. Mm-hmm. An ongoing thing, um, but what I like to do is when you're really going through your like, what do you choose to do? Is my struggle was this whole I'm so busy as a working mom, I don't have time to answer the question. The same question for the tenth time. You know where your shoes are? They're in the shoe basket. It's where you put your shoes. But the interruption of the child, or you know the the child that you're putting to bed, and they're asking for the third glass of water. They're not thirsty. They just want your time. So I should be calmer at nighttime, or I should be less busy. I should get this email done. I should. So those are like the shoulds that kind of come up in that stressful working mom. So for me, the shift that I made when I started having this as a part of my everyday is I would be like,
0: you know, I, I my
1: reaction would be like, oh, I'm just so busy. You know, I, I'm just so busy. I, I should I should take a break. As an example of a ne- negative secret chatter. So instead of saying I should take, I would say I choose to be busy. I choose to start my own company. I chosen this path because I'm excited about this path. And I've chosen the path because I want to inspire my kids that, yeah, if they set goals, they actually can do whatever they want. And I want to show them they can do this. So I've chosen to do this. And now right now I'm going to choose to do one more email, tell my kid how excited I am about this client or whatever it may be, and then say, I'll be with them at da, da, da. But it's a very small shift. And that shift just puts you in the driver's seat of what you choose to do. So then that way I am proud that I have, I mean, this is a random example with emails because no one's proud of having a lot of emails, but I'm proud to have clients that want my insight and that I can help them and it feels great to help them. So when I bring that to light to my child and let them know, be like, you know, I love what I do. Like there are so many women that are happy with their lives and finding more joy because we work together and I want to talk to this one person and I will be done at three. Can you wait until three? You know, it just, it puts you in the driver's seat. So (laughs)
0: yeah, There's a lot. <laughs> what'd you say? There's a lot to,
1: you know, you could talk about that. So hopefully the examples I shared are relevant.
0: No, it's great and I think too often we underrate the value of what we're telling ourselves and how that impacts what's going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm always looking for the positive. I'm always looking for the good, but I don't think I'll probably ever think again about that phrase in the same way. (laughs) And now I'm gonna start shifting how I think about it. I love that it's just a a small, simple change, but I'm a big fan of the one degree concept. One degree of change over time and over distance is a massive change. And that one little shift could be so huge. Uh, Talk to me about something that's on my notes here, your to don't list. Oh, this is another good one. Um, You know, we spend so much time with our to-do
1: lists, um, which is great. Like it really helps you, um, you know, stay focused and things like that. There are habits we have that if you said, am I going to put this on my to-do list or am I going to put it on my calendar and schedule, you would never schedule it. And those are just things you do. So um, for me, I'll just stay kind of personal on this one because I think giving relevant examples, but I love my career. I love my family. I love exercise. I don't love cooking. So that's the thing that accidentally on my to-do list, I'll have like cook dinner, you know, or, uh, make, make healthy dinner or something like that. And I just, it, the to-do list is always going to be too long. So what I've started putting on my to-don't list is don't grocery shop at four 30 or five at the end of the day, when you're just spent from like, I don't want to make another decision at that point. My prime hours are early morning. you go to the grocery store at seven, no one's there. It's like, you could chit chat with people, like, what are you cooking for dinner? And so, like, a simple thing on the to don't list, you want to list um, little things that break your confidence. You don't want to do that anymore. Like, you don't want to say, I should anymore. Like, you know, I should could be on your I don't list, or for me, grocery shopping later in the day, or not having a plan for our meal. But if you start being conscientious, as conscientious are you with your to do list, add some things in your to don't list, and you'll start shifting habits. So many people like I do a lot of work, with like negative self-talk and so self-talk would be um, like, I always shared mine was like, I'm so busy. That's like a negative self-talk, but you work with somebody. And once you identify the things that give them triggers. So if somebody has um, negative self-talk around their um, finances and, you know, they're really struggling with debt, they're struggling with their job and all that stuff. So they'll have a negative mindset around that. We actually break down some triggers that are real world examples that they can put on their to don't list. So, you know, when they look at their bank account, they cannot shame themselves at where they are. So on the to to don't list, don't shame yourself. And then you try to replace it with affirmations, giving yourself a compliment over your effort, giving yourself your compliment over networking or whatever you may be. But that to don't list is a really cool coaching tool to, um, uh, you can apply on your own.
0: Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I love that. So One of the things that we tend not to do, um, we tend to put everybody else first. Women, we do that naturally. We're culturally told we should do that, right? And oftentimes, we are so exhausted. We're so overwhelmed. We've done so much that there's nothing left for us. And how do we prioritize the things that matter? How do we make sure that we are taking care of us? And as is in the notes that I have here, how do we prioritize joy in life and the things that are really important?
1: Yeah, Tonya, it's such a good question. And it's something that I hope everybody stays on the path of studying it, applying different things. And as much as 2020 and COVID was difficult, um, one of the most beautiful things is this movement around mindfulness, this movement around joy and the happiness project, things like that. So there's a lot of great work out there. Um, I am confident what works for me and a lot of studies is you win the first hour of the day and you win the day. And so how that looks, some people, they want to prepare it the the night before their calendar confirmation, things like that. Some people like to do in the morning, but for me, um, exhaustion comes. So email, for example, is somebody else's agenda telling you what's going on. It's not your agenda. So there are time management techniques, um, that you can use, but you really want to kind of think through, you know, that where the exhaustion comes from. And so, you want like in the mornings, if you don't touch your electronics, which is, this is a new thing for me, for the record, I'm loving it. Okay. So I've been committed to it. I think I'm I'm at like two and a half months of doing this, but the first hour I don't touch my phone. So before I go to bed, I make sure I know what's going on in the morning, like what workout did I sign up for and all that stuff. I leave my phone and then I'll go out and I actually, I journal, I unload the dishwasher, but I really don't touch that for the first hour. And I have found that a simple thing has given me more energy instead of starting off and going into the rat race right away um there's there's more to that um i'm just gonna share one little point but the real the easier answer um i could share for a, a tool but um if you study anything around brain waves there are you know five main brain waves basically there's a few others in between but you know you have the go fight or flight and you had the passed out of sleep mm-hmm. in between you have dreamy states and things like that we As humans should go through all those, you know, fluidly throughout the day. As Americans in this day and age, with technology and everybody throwing emails your way, and too much, you're overscheduled. You're like passed out to fight or flight right away. So the reason why you want to win that first hour, you're actually conditioning yourself to kind of go into this more um, intuitive state and stay there a little more. So there's a lot of brainwave studies, but I'm not an expert on that. So, Mm -hmm. but the real thing, um, if somebody is exhausted, I'd like to just share to look at. Time management versus energy management. And time management is finite, 24 hours in the day. Everybody has 24 hours in the day. Energy management, how you spend your energy during those 24 hours is replenishable. Energy is replenishable, renewable. So that's kind of like the main thing that I like to do with people is like more energy management versus time management and stop kind of banging your head against the wall, like I'm so exhausted, I don't have enough time to do everything. Start thinking: What's on your to-do not list? What are the things that you're saying you should do, but you don't need to do? Like, what did you volunteer for two years ago that you don't need to do anymore? And that's just kind of in your space. Get rid of some of that stuff. Prune, you know, prune the trees, and then um, start focusing on things that you know fill your energy and bring you joy.
0: Absolutely, I love love that the email and not dealing with that first thing in the morning. Uh, and I have gotten into that bad habit of, oh, well, I use my phone as an alarm because my husband and I get up at different times. So it's, e-. but I found that when I keep it next to my bed to use it as alarm, number one, I know that's not a good thing to begin with. So I sh- I should. I know better, but I don't necessarily do anything about it yet. But I found myself doing that, picking up my phone, checking my email or checking responses to things on social media. And it was just very recently that I was like, This is really kind of not feeling good how my day starts. Um, So that tip of giving yourself that little bit of time to win in the morning and have things feel better is good. And wow, you are so right about American culture. And it's not just us expecting it of ourselves, but culturally, we've become a, well, it's digital. It's instantaneous. You should give me an answer. I know it's two o'clock in the morning and you might be asleep, but I need an answer now. And how would you suggest that someone maybe self-manages that that tension or that feeling like I've got to respond to this? I, I know for me, I had to put my phone on Do Not Disturb mm-hmm. for set hours. But Yeah, I, I definitely feel everybody will find
1: a solution that works for them. I, I'm trying to do not disturb right now, um, but I'm missing calls and that stresses me out. <laughs> so, um, and then, so you know, I definitely find you know, if you want a lifestyle of balance and harmony, um, you're always working on it. So whatever like, little tips and tricks I can teach are are always helpful. Um, but I do feel like you know, you just have to commit to doing the things. Like this is what I, I think is the easiest way to kind of get control of your your schedule, your mindset and everything is start with a vivid vision, like get really clear of who you want to be. And don't think this is like a 10-year vision. Like this is like, who do I want to be? So like, I'm just going to say off the top, like, I want to be an engaged mom who's happy during the summer where kids are thriving and I'm calm. You know, a lot of teens running in and out of the house and it's not very calm in my house while I'm working, you know? So that, that's, that is who I am. That is who I want to be. So if I start the morning when I'm winning the day, and I do do this every day with my little journal, but I say a vision statement like that. And it can be an I am statement, it can be anything, it can be work, play, it doesn't matter. Then I like to say, what's one event or action I can do today or near term within the next couple of days. So when they feeling that it's aligned to your vision, you show up excited and enthusiastic about it. And to me, it's like, none of us have any free time, right? Like we're all balancing so much, but To take the time to do something that's aligned to your vision, it just feels right. It feels good. When you're looking on your schedule, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't have enough time. But in the morning when you wake up, if you're like, okay, what is on my calendar today that's aligned to my vision? You'll find yourself psyched that you have that two o'clock meeting, that three, you know, that meeting. So when it's aligned, it's great. So those are the two things I like to do. The third thing that I really like to do is just really stay focused on that um, growth mindset. So, you know, the Henry Ford you know, Henry Ford's quote, whether you think you can, or you think you can't either way, you're right. So if you're struggling with like bedtime, you know, or you're struggling with, you know, it could be a parenting thing. It could be a work thing. Instead of going into the place of doubt, fear, and limited mind, like, Oh, it's so hard. Quickly go into growth mindset. To me, my triggers, it's hard. Oh, I don't know. Do I'm it. so frustrated. It Keeps happening. I'm like, ask for advice. Like my trigger is like I turn it to advice and that's my growth mindset go to. Yours could be read or a podcast or anything. So the third thing I like to do is so you've got the vision, got a line action. When the complaint comes up or the limited mindset, think of like, how can I be a constant learn? How can I improve in this category and this belief that I could have harmony in my home? And then the last one is when in doubt, just prioritize joy. Like when in doubt, do things that make you feel good because a laughing mom has kids that pay attention to pick up clothes. <laughs> like, you know, we—it's funny. Like when you're yelling at your kids, we're all in a tizzy. No one's happy. They still probably end up doing it. You've leave deflated, and now you end the day exhausted. But if you, before you actually say, pick up your clothes, as an example, um, if you kind of get yourself in a good place, like who do I want to be as a mom? I want to be an engaged, happy mom that's enjoying the summer and the kids are thriving. All right. Well, me spinning around, screaming at them for picking up their clothes. That's not really that. That's not a to the vision. That's energy drain. You know, that's, so if I get in a good place, sometimes I'll do it as a game when they're little. Sometimes I do it as an expectation. Sometimes, you know, we'll race like, Hey, let's set a timer. Let's see how fast we can do this. It's like 40 seconds. You know, it's never, it's never that much. So anyway, so those are my four things. Vision, do something that's aligned to that vision today or near term have a good positive attitude that you can overcome this obstacle and then when in doubt just always prioritize do something that's kind of fun and playful because that really is good for your uh, business mind and creativity as well
0: fabulous so i'm going to tell you normally at this point i say to everybody look you know we're we're almost we're running out of time you have one final thing but you know what i got to say that actually feels like where we should end this it feels like what we should end this on mm-hmm. Um so That's what we're gonna do. So I'm gonna just tell you, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your expertise. Um, We will share, of course, in the feed, how people can learn more about you and your company, but it has been an honor to have you on and to learn from you. I thank you so much for such great takeaways.
1: Thank you again. Like I said, it's an honor to be on this platform and I love the work that you do. It's so valuable and um, just as a working mom, you know, having somebody helping to teach you you how to take care of newborns and having people that do it well and things like that. It's just, it's so priceless for our families. And so I want to say thank you for your work too.
0: Absolutely. It is my pleasure and my passion. So it's always fun. Thank you also to our audience for joining us tonight. If you have any questions about this topic, or related to anything around tonight's talk, please put them in the feed. You can tag Marcy, and you can tag us at Newborn Care Solutions. One way or another, we'll make sure that you get an answer. And of course you can always rewatch this and all of our past segments, as long with all of our other educational content by going to newborncaresolutions.com and clicking on the education tab or popping over to our YouTube channel and putting in Real Talk in the search engine. Thank you tonight for all of you for joining us and being a part of this. And thanks Marcy. it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Real Talk with Tanya Sackowitz podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you liked what you heard, please share it on social media or send it directly to someone you think might benefit. It would also be a huge support if you could rate and review the podcast on whatever player you're currently listening on so that other people can find the content easier. You can also connect to us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok, or checking out our website at newborncaresolutions.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Talk Podcast with Tanya Sakowicz.